All right, gearheads, welcome to the show. We just watched the Formula One Mexican Grand Prix, and Max Verstappen wins his 14th race of the season. Boom. There's the, there's the right <laughs> word, boom, yeah. The uh, most ever from a driver in a single season. This is John Massengill sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, and I'm joined by Jonathan Green, Les Kaiser, and Bob Varsha over Zoom and we're going to have an, a special guest that we're going to introduce here in just a moment. But I want to start with you, Mr. Varsha. Yo. <laughs> Yo, he's awake. So um, not Is the it most. Over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to admit it. It's not the most exciting. Uh... <clears throat> From the podium was the most exciting part. I just watched it. <laughs> no, no, this is awesome, though. Uh, what do you think, Bob? Well, you know, if you're a fan of tire strategies and the DRS and, and all that sort of thing and some beautiful crowd shots and what have you, or Mexico City as a, as a worldwide metropolis, uh, you probably thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, honesty compels me to admit that was a bit of a snoozer. Um, another dominant show by uh, Max Verstappen and Red Bull, who are now just obviously completely in control of uh, of their destiny and by extension everybody else's uh, nice battle for a while um for second and third place and then everything just seemed to get strung out again um probably the highlight for me was the driving of daniel ricardo the much maligned yeah and soon to be former mclaren driver daniel ricardo who got a little over aggressive and clouded uh yuki sonoda out of the race and was given a 10 second penalty but he was on a set of red tires that he was running extra laps on, and he just flew and wound up uh, not only moving up to uh, get good points in, what was he, um, seventh for his McLaren team, who are in a battle for a good position at the Constructors' Championship, but he also overcame a 10-second penalty for causing a collision and held on to that position, whereas he might have lost it had he not done so. So... You know, that was fun to watch. Um, the rest of it, you know, congratulations to Max Verstappen. <laughs> and to Sergio Perez getting, Perez getting back on the uh, podium again in his home Grand Prix. Yeah, Jonathan, what do you think? I mean, Perez yeah. could have had better with that pit stop, maybe. Yeah, that five-second pit stop never helped uh, compared to a two-second uh, two one by, uh, obviously, his teammate. Uh, but, I mean, you know, like you say, uh, it wasn't the most exciting of races. I think, for me, what stands out, you know, when I see the chance of Hamilton versus Verstappen, we all went, ooh, mouth-watering, mm -hmm. and we all think back, to last year, I think with Max taking the 14th win and beating the record the most uh, in a season, Vettel and Schumacher held it at 13. Um, Hamilton before that had 12 in a season. It, I think that puts to bed any question marks as to whether Red Bull, whether they spent too much money, they didn't spend too much money, deserve to be in this ascendance and have stopped the dominance by Mercedes in Formula One of the last decade and that bodes well for the future of the sport and they thoroughly deserve it uh, regardless of some of the issues that they've had uh, and today just proved it well i want to take this opportunity we have someone who's joined us in the booth here in austin to give his perspective we have a young race car driver that we have been following for a couple of years he lives right here in austin texas and he's currently in the usf4 championship right now ryan sheehan ryan welcome to the show yeah, thank you guys for having me. 
what is your take on this race today? I know it was a little slow, but uh, but what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, pretty dominant after the the first round of pit stops by Max. So, yeah, I mean, the the battle was was you know you didn't really know who was going to end up on top um, at the start, but yeah, after once once Max had those mediums on, it was sayonara. Well, we're going to be picking your brain today about getting the driver's perspective because right now you're currently third and uh, fourth, fourth yeah. in the USF4 championship. You've had a fantastic run lately. You've had what two wins and five or six podiums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a, a good streak going until a, a DNF ended it, but I think it was a. Five or six podiums in a row, and then the two wins. Uh, we got some good news coming from you later in the show. Jonathan, you've been following this young man for longer than I have. Yeah, and I want to put it in perspective. This week, he obviously, he's racing um, for the final three races in the championship. Mathematically, he has a chance of winning the overall title. You never say never in Formula 4. Um, <laughs> and he's going to be racing here at home. And I, and I just, you know, I want to let the audience in the USA know that this is the first driver we've had from Austin who went to the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, well, I'll let him do the story but uh, you know he's coming full circle because he's about to go international racing um, and that's a story in itself I'll be there with him um, but I think you know it, it, it's the first Austinite we finally seen catch the bug and live the dream live in the dream yeah Did you say tell us Ryan how you got in- interested in all this yeah um, Coda was definitely the thing that uh you know gave me the bug uh, right when it opened we went went out and watched some some sports cars uh, go out and that just fell in love with it how old were you? I think it was eight. It was in 2013, <laughs> like a year after it opened. So eight years old, went in, told my dad I wanted to be a race car driver. Luckily, he didn't. Your didn't dad's young, but face. he looks about 86 since you made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might have aged a bit. There you go. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to work. You go to the race and you go, that's what I want to do. And what was the first thing you did? Because there's a lot of kids out there listening. What, what did you do? Oh, uh, yeah, go-karting. Okay. I mean, that's where pretty much oh, yeah. probably everyone on the F1 grid started. Um, I mean, you learn all your basic racecraft there. So, uh, I mean, if you want to be a race car driver, that's where you start. So we did that for six-ish years. And, yeah, still carrying all that uh, that information that I learned in karting with me to today. And you made a big impact in Austin, too. I mean, you you and your father have spent a lot of time getting the support uh, from the community in Austin. And I think that's, a that, again, that's something that's not happened before. Yeah. Um, there hasn't really. I mean, obviously, uh, Coda has, you know, gotten people involved in Formula One. But even a few years ago, it wasn't that big. Um, you know, people might know of Formula One, but they don't really know anything. Uh, so, yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been nice to be able to, you know, talk to people, you know, going to chamber meetings uh, is something that we've done a lot. But, yeah, they actually really know what Formula One is now. So that's been oh, really that, interesting. That's awesome because, you know, I remember when this first you know came to light that uh, everybody seems to just think racing is NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to do it. I remember us going to an event and there was a football guy leading the discussion and it was like no no please stop talking <laughs> but now here you go uh, so you've got a nice rack of of uh sponsors net that are in behind you now that hasn't been easy but are you also seeing those people begin to recognize the racing that you're doing yeah um i think even in the last year um, around austin uh or some of my sponsors around austin have really you know gotten involved in it and gotten really excited about it. Um, I've had a few out uh, when I raced at Coda in September and they just, 
you know, they fell in love, you know, they were really invested, you know, they were, you know, happy to support me. But once they actually came out to the track, they were, you know, it was crazy. They were, they were really invested. So well, I think it cool. gives a lot of them a way to be part of racing. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, let's talk a little Mexico Grand Prix. Got a little bit more. We had some news today or this weekend about the Mexico Grand Prix that it's going to continue. Isn't that right, Jonathan? Yeah, got an extension, um, a big extension for Mexico. Uh, as you know, uh, Coda's got his, its extension. Um, we know about Miami, but that's that all bodes well for North America full stop. You know, we've now got Canada as robust as it's ever been. Uh, Coda is going from strength to strength. It's got a new deal. Uh, Miami was a huge success, let's face it. And I don't think anybody doubts that Las Vegas will be a success. I, I'm really interested to see what the undercard will be. I wish there were more Formula 4, more Formula 3, uh, the sort of things that, uh, uh, the way we get to see the likes of Ranchin, you know, doing what they do in front of a big audience because that's important. There's a disconnect in my mind at the moment between the FIA Junior Series coming up. Uh, we've seen what's happened to the W Series and they are trying to mend ways by doing a Formula 4 version for young women of 16 um, but I think this is an area of motorsport and Lewis Hamilton was vociferous about this last week um, that we're not really putting enough time and energy into and that is uh, the junior formula and women in motorsport full stop all right we got a couple of comments that are coming in on YouTube and other places um, Danny Rick seems to be the, uh, have the the driver of the day is official now. By the way, ah, good man, driver of the day for Danny Ricardo. Not not in you, not in Japan. He's not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you were right. I think that's uh, a worthy choice after today. I think that was probably the most exciting thing we saw all day was Daniel Ricardo. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, what else? It's um, oh, somebody hit Mike says I enjoyed the little spat between Ocon and Botas. Lap 43. There was some other action on the track. It wasn't just Daniel Ricciardo, but close. <laughs> uh, what else, Jonathan? Uh, I, obviously, Danny Rick stands out, but I thought that Alonso, sadly, was having one of the, his best outings all season. Yeah. And again, uh, the Alpine is, you know, kind of uh, punching, not above its weight. It's it's, it's coming into its own. I, I'm now beginning to wonder whether um, his decision to leave uh, is at the right time or the wrong time, because um, I think Alpine are going to be a force to be reckoned with, especially with Gasly and Ocon. Ocon has held his own against every teammate he's had, including Alonso, who he is ahead of in the points and i think he's going to push gasly all the way and i think alpine by that fact will become a very very uh, potent force next year all right we're hoping to connect chris medlin because he's at the mexico grand prix and i have a feeling guys we're gonna have a little trouble with chris because of the crowd <laughs> uh, we had trouble getting him on the pre-show we'll get him though he'll, if nothing else he'll send us some interviews but i just checked uh chris said that uh, some penalties. What was it? Oh, Magnuson summoned for driving slowly on the also on the recon lap, as well as how could, how could they Latifi. tell? <laughs> Stop it. That's By the way, nice. on a positive side, Haas, currently in eighth position. Remember, they scored nothing uh, last year. 36 points, one point ahead of Alfa Tori. 
two races to go. It's going to be hard to stop Alfa Tori, um, given Gasly's form, given Sonoda now coming through. Um, those boys are going to have to be on their money uh, in the next two races, but I'd love to see them finish eighth. Uh, and that would be not that many points off Aston Martin. Pretty impressive, given the last couple of years, fallow years they've had. But this was the preparation that they set out to do, which was to not develop. Uh, and they've done, I think, a hell of a sterling job, uh, given that they've bounced back the way they have. Yeah, and let me just run down the entire order today in case you missed it. Verstappen wins the race, of course, followed by Hamilton. Checo Perez, home race on the podium. Uh, if he can't win the race, I guess that's the next best thing for him. The crowd loved well, it. Go ahead. Uh, well, you go ahead, and I'll, I'll, I'll make a point about the standings when you get done. Yeah, ah. sure. Um, and then Russell in fourth, and followed by the two Ferrari signs and Leclerc in sixth. Daniel Ricciardo seventh, like we talked about. Good finish. Esteban Ocon, eighth. Lando Norse, ninth. Valtteri Botas finished in the points after having a really good start to the weekend. That was exciting to see. Gasly, Albon, Zhou Guan Yu in 13th. Vettel down in 14th. Lance Stroll, Schumacher in, in 16th. Magnus in 17th. And then Latifi, 18th. And Alonso, disappointing to not finish the race. Uh, what was your point about, about those standings? Well, um, there's a couple of battles brewing that I think are going to be a lot of fun and they were affected today. I mean, yep. in the constructors where the money is really paid Alpine and McLaren came in 11 points apart for fourth behind the big three teams in the constructors. They are now three points apart with two races to go. And uh, down in eighth place, Haas is now holding off Alpha Tori yep. by just one point yep. for that position with millions of dollars in prize money at stake. And in the battle for runner-up in the Drivers' Championship, Charles Leclerc is only two points ahead of Sergio Perez right now as Red Bull tries to pick up the only honors they haven't already claimed, and that would be to have two drivers finish 1-2 in the championship, which they've never done before. Mm. Hey, Jonathan, there's some comments coming in on social that are directed. One of them is actually asking a question directly. We'll get to that one next. But first one is from Frank, and he says, Right on for more of the junior circuit on the undercard for these races. That's how we can develop more North American drivers. Absolutely. And, Let's get, yeah, and don't Ryan ask me. <laughs> grinning ear to ear as we talk about this. But Ryan, you have a singular goal, don't you? Yeah, Formula One, obviously. <laughs> no, well, you say that. Um, yeah. It's not for North American. There are other options. Yeah. Um, so tell us about that. Why? I mean, it's, it's the top tier motorsports, really. So... I mean, you see the cars um, in person. Like last weekend, we were out at F1, and you see the cars in person, and it's just, yeah. As a racing driver, you want to you want to do that because you just see the speed. There's nothing else like it. So I I love this. I love this. The singular. It's like set my goal there. You know, I'll I'll worry about what's below that <laughs> later. If I don't make it there, that's great, right? Exactly. I, I love that. Thank you. Well, I think, you know, the, the right approach, you just keep doing things, aiming for that as you go. I mean, grab every steering wheel you can, but, you know, keep looking at the goal. We've seen so many of them that get uh, get an opportunity to go into other series as they're headed that way, but it's, it's maintain that course. One thing I will say, uh, observing sort of Ryan and the rest of his, you know, counterparts, the rest of his uh, competition, um, because I've done a lot of F4 and F3 in the last few years here in the States, and, and you know I've done Macau and, and Toyota, but I think what I notice about Ryan, which is rare in a young driver, is he was tuned in at 15 to the importance of raising money and understanding that that is such a huge part. 
there are 200,000 drivers who can drive within a tenth of each other. I'm picking that figure out of nowhere. Yeah. But in my opinion, that's kind of what we're talking about. Imagine if you're a, uh, an athlete that did the 100 meters. A lot of people can do 11 seconds or 12 seconds or even under that. But it's very few people that understand the business of Formula One. And Ryan stands out to me, of all the guys he competes against, of being... Uh, a kind of a sponsor's dream in terms of showing up, in terms of shaking the hands, explaining stuff, uh, and and being present and understanding that 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 actually that side of it is, if not fifty, more than that about about being a modern racing driver. And that that is something that you, you know when you meet somebody Ryan's age, you you expect them to be full of confidence, very fast. Um, but they still are sort of young and they haven't quite picked up on the the business side of it. But Ryan's already ahead of his counterparts that way. That's right, Ryan. You're 16 right now? Uh, 17. 70. You just turned 17 recently, didn't you? Uh, February. Okay. I was thinking it was... Tw- 20th? <laughs> no, 11th. <laughs> ah, close. Uh, yeah, and you're right, Jonathan. You don't see ah. the driver and the dad and and all the people involved doing all the steps right because there's a lot of places you can fumble the ball and not do this right, and you're doing a great job. You know, I mean, not being funny, but look at the greatest driver of all time. Lewis Hamilton was doing this with his dad. His dad had four jobs, and Lewis was at the Autosport Awards picking up his prize as a a karting guy and walking straight over to Ron Dennis and saying... I want to drive yeah. for you one day. Uh, and, and, you know, these things are sometimes forgotten. Um, likewise, Verstappen, the current world champion, literally was born into this sport. His father, Jos, was as big a superstar in many ways uh, and had the following back in the day, I remember it well, uh, that he has. Uh, now it's obviously the Orange Army is even bigger than it ever was. But, you know, like I said, it, it's a side of motor racing that a lot of people out there don't really give credit to, which is um, you, you've got to work it. You've got to work, work the floorboards. Ryan, who is the guy you're going to walk up to at awards night this year? <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. <laughs> maybe Christian Horner yeah, or Helmet Marco. There you go. There you go. Good call. Or maybe Michael Andretti if he's in wow. the room. And, and even better. Even I'll, I'll better. go to them all. Yeah, there you go. That's the right attitude. Increase my chances. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we will talk more to Mr. Ryan Sheehan, but we'll talk a little bit more about the Mexican Grand Prix. And also we have lots of F1 stories, including an interview with Michael Andretti we did at Coda. You're listening to Speed City back after these messages. Look at you go. Don't forget Roger Penske. All right, welcome back. It's John Massengale sitting in the studio with my cohorts, Jonathan Green, Les Kaiser, and Bob Varsha over Zoom. Hoping to get Chris Medland here pretty soon. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah, the cell service just may not be working for Chris, but hopefully he'll send us a clip or two during this post-race show. All right, guys. um, we We were talking to young Ryan Sheehan. He is our guest in the studio here in Austin. He did the the dream where he saw a race at Coda and said, I want to do that, and has turned that into a dream. But we didn't announce your big news, Ryan, because not only have you done the karting thing, you've now are competing for the championship in USF4. Going to do that, what, next weekend here in Austin? Yeah, uh, Wednesday through Friday. Yeah. Next week. So now, is that the final race of the season? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, so for all the marbles next weekend, and I know you're not, you're in third, Third right now? Fourth. Fourth right now, and you may not win the championship. But look, 
the trajectory, I think any driver coach or team or sponsor, anybody looking at you, they're looking at that trajectory, right? Where you started at the season going, this is my first year in F- USF4. I don't know how to even do this. And here you are now winning a couple of races on the podiums, all this recently. But how did it come about that you have this big news where you are going to go to the Toyota Racing Series? And before you answer that question, I want to get Jonathan to set up the Toyota Racing Series because he is literally the voice of the Toyota. For how many years? Forty. Uh, yeah, 11 years. <laughs> so, but but just tell everybody the significance of the Toyota Racing Series. It is, in my opinion, uh, and I don't think that's just my opinion, it is without doubt the best junior single-seater series in the world. Uh, it's run brilliantly. Uh, New Zealand, I don't have to tell you about what they've produced in racing drivers. Uh, from Scott Dixon to Liam Lawson, currently, uh, you know, a reserve driver for um, uh, for AlphaTauri and the current AlphaTauri driver. The last time I was there, Yuki Tsunoda uh, was just a kid, just the same age as Ryan, and nobody knew who he was, really. He came over from Japan. He was a, you know, won a Honda Dream thing, and now he's the Formula One guy. Liam Lawson's that close. Uh, Marcus Armstrong, again. I mean, the list is of a, is a who's who's. Lando Land- Norris. Well, if I, mean, I, if, I go through, yeah, if I go through the champions, Lando Norris um, was a champion. Lance Stroll was a champion. Liam Lawson was a champion. And then you've got drivers. I mean, five of the current FIA Formula 3 drivers were all X. Uh, you know, I mean, it really is a who's who. And what's so good about it is it's six weeks of racing, over 3,500 kilometers of racing. And so, therefore, it's a 15-round series. <laughs> jammed into six weeks so don't crash ryan for god's sake but no i mean but that sorts out the men from the boys or the girls from the from the men whatever you look at it uh, it is tough uh, it's very intense you are racing from a thursday through sunday uh, you are up against the very best juniors in the world. Helmut Marco watches every race, and we have at least one Red Bull junior every year, um, and we've had them over the years. Um, you know, Lucas Auer was, was, became a Red Bull driver because of going to the Toyota Series. L- Liam Lawson was offered a contract on the day he finished and won his championship. He was offered a contract by Helmut Marco on the spot, and he was fighting against uh, Marcus Armstrong, who became a Ferrari. Jr. So there is no doubt in my mind, if you want to know where the future of Formula One is, tune in to the Toyota Racing Series. Okay, Ryan, how did it happen? Yeah, obviously we were doing really good uh, in the middle of the year, uh, around the the summer break. Uh, It was, they'd kind of talked about it, the team. uh, Obviously I raced with Crosslink Kiwi, so Kiwis, New Zealand. Um, They run their own team down there. So it was always kind of a thought, Um, but we were doing really good. So... They kind of brought it up. He said, just think about it. Uh, it might be good for you. And then we just kept the momentum going, got a few race wins, got a few podiums. Um, so they were like, you should really consider this. Um, so, yeah, we signed the contract a few weeks ago. And, yeah, now we're on our way in January. And funnily enough, the team that Ryan runs for at Kiwi, uh, Kiwi Motorsport, um, they are one of the five teams in the Toyota Racing Series. And they are a Kiwi team. But because it's their summer uh, in January and February, the Kiwi Motorsport um, are based here uh, during their winter, uh, run by Gary Orton and Tina Larson, and they are quite literally the most successful Formula Four team in the USA. Pretty impressive. Mm. Good, I good, to be, good to be connected with them. So Absolutely. Technically, and the specs of these cars, 
are they in that global F four series that they're all the same car spec or are they it's deviated actually, no, no, he's going up a championship. It's 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 uh, a series of FIA spec Formula Three cars, uh-huh. but with a slightly different chassis than they use in the FR. Uh, championship here they use Ligier here uh, they, they'll be using Titus uh, chassis but they're exactly the same cars to the point of the W series which of course the girls run they ran they they took the cars shipped them up to Singapore so the cars that he'll be racing are the ones that uh, were in the W series and they are exactly the same uh, obviously they've got a Toyota uh, engine in the back um, but it's the same it's the yeah it's exactly the same spec as FIA F3 so if you can succeed in that that's why it's such an, an important championship because the team managers from all over the world are looking at, at, at how you do in this very intense uh, series in six weeks to look ahead to the series. And, of course, having done 3,000 kilometers, you go straight into the summer series in March uh, of either uh, a national F- FR series or F3 series uh, all over the world. So these guys have got a real step up uh, by racing in January and February. I've been watching, wow. Ryan, as you talk about how intense this is. <laughs> He's like, can I, uh, bring can it. I yeah. ask a question here? Yeah, jump in, Bob. Um, hi, Ryan. This is Bob out there in the ether. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, I know it's very early in your career, but do you have professional management now? Or have you spoken with any experienced managers? Yeah, we're actually starting. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, we're actually starting to do that right now. Um, you know, once okay. we started to get some success. Um and so they've kind of come out of the woodworks and started to started to appear. So yeah, we're starting well, to answer the phone on the fifth ring. <laughs> right, check their uh, check their records, but there's a lot of good ones out there, and I think that's really important in a young driver's career. Yeah, your family has been there with you all the way, paying all that money, doing whatever they needed to do. But you know, it, pretty soon you're going to have to make very strategic moves, even at the lower levels of the junior series. And so I'd, I'd recommend that you get someone you trust. Absolutely. Thank yeah, you. I got a question for you. Uh, I just mentioned the business side that I, I've seen you, uh, you know, propel yourself well in. What has been the hardest thing? Uh, tell, I mean, there's a lot of kids out there want to, want to get their daughter or their son into this. Uh, what has been the hardest thing uh, to learn about motor racing? Ugh. Yeah, I do think it is probably 80-20 on the business side because, um, you know, you're only racing four days a month maybe. Um, sometimes it's even a longer gap than that. Um, so yeah, and then the rest of the time you're you know working on sponsors, um, working you know with your team. So yeah, it is mostly business, I'd say. Well, okay, business absolutely important, but you still got to drive. How do you stay in tune? Mm-hmm. Only being on the track four times a month. Are you uh, going to you know here we've got New Braunfels, Houston, Dallas, Carding, all that. Are you going out to those areas to stay tuned or what do you do for that not really any carding um especially during the season just because it's so different um that i feel like race car drivers will usually use carding for like fitness um you'll see you know f1 drivers doing it in the winter time um but they don't really do it during the season just because i think it kind of yeah it takes time to get back um used to the car um so they haven't really wanted me to to drive anything else so it's limited to just testing in the car at a at a local track, but that takes money, so you can't do that every every week. So, so where do you do that around here? Crescent, uh, Crescent, MSR Crescent, yeah, yeah. MSR Crescent. Yep. It's where uh, the team is located, so it's it's really easy to just you know drive out of the garage. And nice track laps. too. Good club sport track. Mm. 
Yeah, folks, uh, we're getting some feedback. People are liking the interviews on YouTube and other places. Uh, we got Andy P. popping in to give us a couple of messages. He'll Andy, be a manager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy P. says, uh, could not believe after Friday when all the teams said they were a step too hard on tires and so many went to the hardest compound, especially Mercedes. He says, great job by Ricardo, who ran the mediums till the absolute end and, went to, and then went racy into the softs. That was the way to go. That was nice. Uh, Frank says, it's a great interview. Very enlightening, guys. I'm glad you guys are enjoying that because it's interesting. We're getting to see the genesis of the idea that mm. you want to be a race driver, and we're following it all the way through and to now stepping up. Really, what I this is the big time now going to yeah, no the question. Toyota Racing Series. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, and that's fascinating. Well, hey, Bob Varsha, do you want to give us a quick update on the standings? <laughs> To see if, yeah, I'm uh, going to fall on my sword here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, uh, but checking the constructors' standings, they've now changed since I, I said what I said earlier about the, the great battles uh, behind the big three teams, um, which is weird because the driver standings did not change. The constructors said, I wish they'd figured this stuff out before they post it. But the news is even better because... Uh, while uh, Alpine and McLaren are seven points apart for mm -hmm. fourth among constructors, there's a battle for sixth between Alfa Romeo and Aston Martin. That's only four points apart. Yeah. And then you have the, 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 the run for eighth place, which didn't change. It's Haas by one point over Alfa Tori since none of those four drivers scored points today. But in the drivers, it's still Leclerc over Perez by two unless they change the standings again. <laughs> yeah. So that's my that's well, my caveat. I, I like the idea of Perez being so close to Leclerc. It could be a, a it could be a Red Bull one too if they play their cards right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how the mighty have fallen at the beginning of the season. It's almost. It seems like a year ago or last season when Ferrari was leading the championship by a pretty good chunk, if I'm not mistaken. Something like, like sixty three points or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. It yeah. was. It was yeah. a pretty decent amount and mm -hmm. here we are with them just and by the way yeah hamilton could catch uh carlos Sainz and even uh, and uh, you know uh finish behind uh russell his teammate well at the moment according to the site throw that <laughs> <at your cow. laughs> don't hit refresh uh, hamilton says 216 and Sainz at 212 so we're only four points spread between those guys and i love seeing that competition between those two all right, we're going to go to right before we do a word from our sponsor. CrowdStrike presents Driven in 60. Our digital world is more than just interconnected. It's interdependent. And because of that, security is a top concern for every organization. The Mercedes-AMG Petronas Formula One team knows they're a potential target for a host of digital attacks, which is why they leverage the CrowdStrike Falcon platform to deploy end-to-end -end security solutions. CrowdStrike revolutionized cybersecurity by harnessing the speed and power of the cloud, to identify and stop the most sophisticated cyber attacks. Our cloud-native Falcon platform protects and defends organizations against increasingly complex threats. So you can have the peace of mind to focus on your business momentum, not what's trying to stop it. That's protection that powers you. To learn more and to try CrowdStrike Falcon free today, visit CrowdStrike.com XM. All right, gentlemen, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll have more Formula One discussion after the break. All right, welcome back. We're in the studio in Austin, Texas. We're in the backup studio today. If it sounds a little rough, we're uh, working in the backup studio. Uh, but 
We have our special guest, Ryan Sheehan, in the booth with us, and we are talking about the Mexico Grand Prix, talking about his path to Formula One. And um, Ryan, I do want to ask you about going down to New Zealand. Uh, you'll have a little bit of a safety blanket because you'll have Jonathan there to hang on to. <laughs> and uh, and, and your, your folks that you've been working with are from down there, Kiwi, yeah. so you've got all this comfort zone. I mean, do you feel like you kind of have a leg up because of all that? Yeah, um, I'm technically not even racing with uh, the same people. Uh, or actually, my engineer. Uh, explain he, that, yeah. Yeah, my engineer here works with Crosslink Kiwi, but he has his own team down there. Oh. And so to keep some continuity, I'm racing for his team. Okay. But, Stephen Giles, Giles yeah. Motorsport, who are one of the most successful teams in New Zealand, um, and also a former McLaren uh, engineer. So a pretty handy team to be with. Yeah, absolutely. Guy's a genius, so. Yeah, yeah, really excited to be with him. Yeah, very cool. I like that. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking through some of the stuff that everybody wanted to talk about in the show. Um, <laughs> Bob, what was the story about the we had we had the checkered flag incident last week. We had Tim Apple, Tim, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Is, Enthusiasm. Yeah, that that was the uh, most unenthusiastic flag wave I have ever seen. With the CEO of Apple just slowly waving. But no, wait a minute. Does <coughs> Apple even sponsor anything F1? Am I missing it? No, I don't think they do. I, I, think, think, the right. I think the movie that they're making is going to be on It's going to be Apple TV. Oh, that's, that's right. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. There's yeah, the Thank you, Ryan. Glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Bob, what was the other flag-waving? Uh... Oh, gosh. I, I don't know. They they need to give these celebrity flag-wavers some kind I of know. Oh, the British model. there. I mean, over the years, there's been incident after incident. I think uh, Serena Williams oh. was waving a flag once, and she kind of gave it one of those Tim Cook-style things. Um, <laughs> Which is Brazilian surprising. Brazilian Grand Prix once, Giselle Bündchen, uh, soon to be the ex-Mrs. Tom Brady, um, <laughs> she was up there, and she waved it on the wrong lap. Good work. So, you know, everybody <laughs> That's right. asleep at the stage. So, you know, this kind of stuff happens when you get people out there who don't know what they're doing. So I don't know what the solution is, but I think uh, a quick primer in uh, how to wave the flag would be good because, you know, that's a it's a moment of the ultimate celebration in a race. And to have, you know, this kind of thing going on is, you yeah. know, is is just silly, you know. Yeah, yeah, if you want to, if you want to laugh, we we should bring the guy back from the '60s. If you go on YouTube and look at Formula One finishes at Rouen, or or, or you know, the guy has two flags. Yeah. He jumps up in the air and is on the track waving the flags. Now that we need. Yeah, the, there, you the, go. there was a guy at Watkins Glen who did it during that 20-year stretch, uh, and his name just escapes me. I want to say Tech something or other, but I don't know. Anyway, same kind of deal. He would step out there on the track and. And if you look, as Jonathan said, at any of the old videos of races finishing, you'll often see guys out there on the track. Even at Le Mans, the 24 That's hours. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right out there on go. the track and <laughs> risk body and soul, you know, just to make it exciting. Yep. But gee whiz, I hope you do a well, better job running the company than you do waving Well, it was such an exciting know. race. I know, just I know. so juxtaposed. Yeah, exactly. The exact yeah. anticlimactic wah-wah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the other one was... Uh, the European model Winnie Harlow, she was running around with Lewis for a while, very recognizable. And she she fl waved the flag a lap early. Hey guys, uh, Chris Medlin apparently has been a busy boy because I have seen that popped up on the screen that we have an interview that he did 
with Toto Wolf. Wow. So Good man. Checking our time. We got plenty of time. Let's go to that now. Turn it up. All right, what do you think, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, for a team that uh, has to go right back to the annals to look when they didn't last have at least one win in a season, this has been a really rough year for Mercedes, who, let's face it, have dominated the, the world of Formula One for so long. Um, and, you know, there was a bit of sportsmanship today. They, they admitted that they got the wrong tyres. Um, you heard Toto on the thing, and you also heard uh, uh, both Russell and Hamilton, but he's always complaining about his tyres. Um, but now the fight is on for a, a sort of a, a mini comeback to see if they could beat Ferrari, who, let's face it, up until the first half of the season, we thought were going to be the champions themselves. So um, I think that would be a, a small victory uh, for Mercedes. Mercedes, uh, and as you heard there, he'd prefer to have more wins, and they're looking towards the future, but the team have got through this together, and I think Lewis's remarks at the end, uh, keep, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing. I mean, he seems as motivated as ever and has been talking in this last week about a, a multi-year deal. So, hmm. uh, Sorry, I think some of you couldn't hear the clip, but I apologize for that. But, um, but yeah, Toto sounded, I don't uh, the tone was kind of... Um, Humble? Yeah, yeah. That's little, the right word. A yep. little bit, yeah, because, I mean, you're just not used to hearing that from Toto, are you? Right, right. Really not uh, excuses. It's, uh, you know, took his pill and the lumps, and that was that. And you, Yeah, and you remember when, when Red Bull were at the height of their powers with Vettel and Weber, um, Mercedes were still on the up and up, you know, just coming through. And so, you know, <laughs> you could almost argue that half the factory at Red Bull uh, probably, you know, have have never really tasted the the sort of victory uh, and um, dominance they they're having this season. So you know, it's just a it's a point worth making, and I love the idea of Mercedes potentially uh, taking it all the way to Abu Dhabi, um, just just right. clipping them at the last moment. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Ryan? Who's your, I mean, I, I mean, you obviously follow Formula One. Well, how closely do you follow Formula One, and who uh, kind of inspires or would you look up to want to emulate? I mean, obviously, I, I follow F one super closely. Um, you know, watching every practice that, that I can, unless it's you know, in, in Japan at one a.m. Uh, the night before a race. <laughs> like Ask it. Bob about that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, following it as close as I can. Um, I'm a pretty big Verstappen fan. Uh -huh. Just because as a driver, he's who you want to strive to be, um, you know, aggressive. He doesn't make mistakes. So, yeah, I'm a big Verstappen fan. That's that's interesting that you pick him um, because, he, you know, yes, of course, he's popular with the Orange Army, um, but um, he's not everybody's best cup of tea. Um, but you're right. Um, he makes very few mistakes. You can't help but be impressed. Uh, 14 wins in a season. I think that's actually at 24. He's only a few years older than you. And what was it? I, I was looking at the, the thing. 190th podium today. I mean, sorry, that was uh, Hamilton. But 34th win at 24 that is i mean i've been following formula one since the 70s and I, I i can't think back to somebody in his age who potentially could beat schumacher's uh and hamilton's accolades uh you know we all we always used to say during the pros center it'll never happen again uh you nobody will get four championships nobody will get schumacher comes along uh you know seven it uh, yeah. it really is amazing i'm gonna say okay max on the track 
but Lando in person. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's I hear nice. a similarity to this. I mean, comp, you know, well placed confidence, professionalism, and uh, well spoken. Did, did I mention Lando Norris came to the Toyota Racing Series? Oh, and Joe Guan Yu. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to answer your question, the last winless Formula One season for Mercedes was 2011. Yep, exactly. Wow. That's a long time ago now. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. And I mean, Toto, for people who couldn't hear Toto, Jonathan, do you think that they're, have they got a shot? Yes, I do. I really do. I think the, the momentum of the team, you heard it there with, I mean, the whole weekend, they got, they got the wrong tire choice. Uh, they did it great in qualifying. Um, they made a mess up strategically, perhaps. Uh, and that's why Verstappen was able to dominate. Um, they were faultless, as Ryan points out. Um, you know, uh, Perez had his problems, and therefore Verstappen uh, didn't have the help that he might have needed. Russell and Hamilton were in a position had uh, Hamilton held on to the lead when he got it. Because uh, remember, he started uh, on the um, medium tyres compared to the soft, um, but that ended up being a compromise that they had, you know, that they, they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't last as as well, as well. And, and Toto just admitted it just then. Mm. All right, guys, I want to talk Andretti. Okay. Because I have to talk Andretti almost every show. And um, the, the effort, I think you're right to do so, to be fair. I, I'm glad. I, I, you know, I'm joking, but I think somebody needs to. That's really my point. So I started looking yesterday going, what's going on? We haven't heard anything except what we found out at Coda. And we saw Michael Andretti there. And, in fact, Les, you went and caught up with him. And we're going to go ahead and play this clip now. Of It's it's just a quick little 30-second clip. Just literally caught up with him in the paddock as he was walking by. He was generous enough to stop and give us. But let's hear from He's Mike. gotten to know us. Yeah, let's hear from uh, Michael Andretti. How soon do you think the soonest would be we would see an Andretti car on grid? Well, I mean, our, our goal is still for 24, so, you know, we'll see. Is it going to happen? I'm not sure, but uh, we're not going to stop until we're told we can't. <laughs> what names would be in the Andretti car? <laughs> well, that little little early for that, but uh, obviously Colton uh, would be uh, leading the way for sure. Interesting. Yeah, and last don't. Don't let that little giggle when he's saying it's too early because <laughs> yeah, three that, days later. Well, not only that, that's how you get a good answer out of somebody. You you never know, right? So right. yeah, no. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to ask the obvious uh, I mean, sometimes. Well, okay. there we go. On the twenty fifth, couple of days later, Colton Herta, Cambridge extend with Andretti through twenty seven. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That that it was. And that's yeah. Yep. So the the points of that were you know they're making progress. They're not they they're not giving up. And 2024, when they hope to be on the grid. So we just don't know, guys. But I, I think we just keep pushing and, and asking. And and also in the press today, um, you know, we've got the announcement that Porsche will be the Sauber works team or make them a works team. So therefore, they're going to supply engines to um, Alfa Romeo and Sauber. Um, 
so, wasn't sorry, out, duh, thank you, Ryan. Oh. Uh, Audi. Um, but does that there op- therefore open the door? They, I mean, Andretti announced that they were going Renault, but they still haven't got their place yet. Um, and I don't think, unless contracts have been signed and it's a long way to 24, um, there could be a possibility of them being the guinea pig for Audi. Excuse me. I'm um, glad you corrected me on that. <laughs> yeah. um, but, breaking um, news. Breaking gonna, news. No, but, gonna... but, you know, why not? I mean, and of course, he's already got a fantastic relationship with Honda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. but the Andretti has history with Porsche also. Uh, that's true. And so what it... In E, right? Does, yeah. does Porsche... And the Andretti name, that combination, do they compound each other's interest to FIA and F1 to get on the grid and go, oh, okay, if you two are coming together, why not? I think Interesting. I think that, and I'm not the only one, I mean, if you look around, if you do a little digging, you have to dig a little bit, but... Put that in your pipe, Toto. uh, Yeah, exactly. And so, (laughs) what do you think, Bavarsha, what do you think? I mean, Porsche and, and Andretti sounds like a great marriage to me. Well, it certainly would be a convenient tie-up, um, especially since uh, Andretti and Porsche are going to join forces in the uh, Formula E World Championship mm-hmm. next year with uh, with some terrific drivers. So, uh, yeah, I think the uh, the fact that the Andretti folks and the Porsche folks get together and start comparing notes about lots of things um, – you know, could be a good step in the right direction. And if they were to go knocking on the door of the FIA in Paris saying, mm. okay, we're the complete package now. Here's your powerhouse international motoring brand that you wanted so badly. Yeah. Teaming up with an exciting new team with an extraordinary legacy and a proven history in motorsports, up to and including the Indy 500 and what have you. Uh, you know, I don't I don't see how they can turn them down. It's just, you know, it's, it's just beyond comprehension that they would not want an andretti porsche team on the grid or an andretti anything yeah i agree and look what the porsche audi battle in WEC in sports car championship has done around the world for both those brands sure. and for the sport of uh, of sports car racing over the last decade so yeah i mean formula one would be idiots not to, to, to see that as a a fantastic battle going head to head. Well, and Jonathan, Porsche was in on Formula One back in the late fifties. Yes, well, and and more recently too. What well, about, yeah, look at the the, the late eighties. Yeah, with Williams, the exactly. Tag Heuer Porsche went out, or the Tag Porsche, I should say. Yes, uh, went out and swept up the floor with everybody, with Prost and Senna at McLaren. Maybe that's what they're afraid of. The one thing that is, <laughs> that, that occurred to me while I was thinking about Andretti coming back to Formula One somehow is that I wrote down it would bring a genuine genuineness to Formula One that we're kind of losing. We've lost the Williams team and their legacy, Bruce McLaren, and, you know, it's not the Ken same. Tyrrell. I mean, am I, am I on the right track there? I, mean, I, I think you are, yeah. I actually do. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you're describing the very phenomenon that is um, – that's proving a drag on the Andretti efforts that Formula One apparently doesn't yeah. give a rat's you know what about their history and their legacy. Um, and uh, and I think that's a shame. And yeah. it's not unusual in motorsports, I can tell you from 40 years of doing this. But, yeah, it's a it's a big mistake if they forget all the things you're talking about, the great names, the great seasons, the great champions the um, and the dear departed. I mean, it's. It's glorious stuff. Bob, we're going to take that clip and send it to the FIA and to Formula One. All right, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to take a break, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be back after these messages.
pre-sale tickets for Vegas go on oh. sale tomorrow. Good call. All right, Jonathan, you got a theory on Mario Andretti and Michael Andretti's efforts? Well, I, you know, I think it, it it is tantamount to everything we've been saying. We're now 10 years old, and we wanted a track. Uh, we wanted a team. Um, we wanted a driver. Uh, and those drivers are in big abundance, including the man sitting to my right, because <laughs> you do have Colton Herter, you do have Pato Award, who... Let's face it, uh, I know he's from Mexico, but he hails from down the road in San Antonio. You've got Cameron Das. You've got uh, Juan Manuel Correa. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Jack Crawford in Texas Monthly this week. Yep. The world is waking up to what Formula One is, what this sport is to the rest of the globe. And so I would turn to Ryan at 17 and go, man, you timed that well. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I was because, thinking that. Same know, thing, Jonathan. So, I mean, the, the point is, these guys are getting recognition, they're starting to be seen, and that can only mean that more people are getting interested. We've seen that from 440,000. Uh, now it needs some wealthy people to go, God, why am I not involved? How can I get involved in this? Because, um, you know, um, money talks in Formula One, and I think if uh, Andretti gets off the, off the, you know, off the, on the grid, uh, more will follow. I think Haas, with their new sponsor, MoneyGram, it just shows you we are now starting to see uh, and I would argue, and Bob, back me up if you will, um, half the grid in America is has an American influence, whether it be a team principal or, in the case of Williams, Doralton Capleton, investor, uh, and obviously has. Well, I know that you know uh, one of the marketing folks I know, they use a barometer, or I'll say they use Walmart as a yeah. geographical barometer for where growth is in you know in ge uh, geography or even products. Well, you know what? Walmart's on an F1 car now. There you go. Yeah, good point. Good point. And, of course, let's not you, forget. You can't buy an F1 car at Walmart just to straighten <laughs> things out, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's in the toy it's section, It's aisle nine, if you're looking. Not, not products, but not the car. Yeah. And uh, we had Lewis <laughs> Hamilton on um, Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Or Fallon. One of the Jimmies. <laughs> one of the, the Jimmies. Late night Jimmy. Did you, did it was actually a really good little interview was kind of, Lewis opened up a little more did, did you hear what kind of car he has that he still drives a mini an old mini right and he said he said and I quote the Mr. Grace car the Mr. Bean style. Mr. Bean car by the way I was just down in the New Zealand rally and you know we were talking about minis because we had a parade of, of great rally cars and the mini were right in the middle of it of course and yeah I mean if you want to want to feel what it's like to be a racing driver get a mini and and you don't even have to cross over the speed limit, and you'll you'll feel like Ryan Sheehan. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Ryan. What about the timing of where your career is? Your career is just starting to to peak. The United States is now rabid with F one. I, I I went to to pick up food for my family Friday night, and it was during FP two, and I walk in and I see these two ten year old kids just eating their tacos, looking up at the screen, and I had my phone already watching it. The, the uh, the practice and look up and that's what they're watching in, and you in, got a sponsorship while you were there and yeah. i did get a sponsorship but ryan what about the timing your timing is good yeah <coughs> i think we just got really lucky um i was seven or eight when coda was built and then um obviously got lucky that my parents took me to a race when i was still you know young enough to start but not i mean i wasn't like five years old like some of the the top tier the max verstappen who probably started when he was three um yeah. But yeah, I was still young enough to to get a start and uh, have a long enough to to learn um, 
before I turn 15 and you can get in a car. So. But but that to me is another statement on your uh, acceleration rate in, of your career. You were late to the party, but you got in. Look where you are now, and here you're going to Toyota Racing Series. That I just got to say, there's probably got to be quite a bit uh, left to go discover <laughs> and accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we still have several <laughs> steps on the ladder. Um, I'm sure we'll be. I shall look back to now and and think I probably knew nothing. Um, I probably don't know anything. <laughs> but but yeah. All right, hey guys. I think we have Chris Medlin. He is showing up on the. There he goes. Hey Chris, how's it Hello. going, buddy? Oh, I tell you, this paddock is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I I don't know if we've got time. How long have we got left for the show? We guys? got about uh, two minutes. It's all you, buddy. Okay. So um, I will apologize firstly that no one's going to hear them now, but they can hear them on Wheel to Wheel on Wednesday. Got interviews with Christian Horner and Daniel Ricardo. Oh, Daniel ah. Ricardo one is one of the strangest interviews I've ever done because to get him safely to his motorhome. We started it near the TV pen. We went through the FIA hospitality unit, through their kitchen, <laughs> out to the back where the bins were. Through, we got them covered by security, like wrapped in a ball, uh, marched past a load of fans to the back of the McLaren hospitality, back through their kitchen. They were very surprised by this point. Uh, and then into Daniel's driver room, finally, where he was safe. I, I've, I've never had to do a walk and Who talk Who had like the best it. food? It was, <laughs> um, oh, I can't. I can't say it. Well, well, now it's, it's like it's like being a member of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it was mad, but uh, it's been an incredible atmosphere. It was just yeah, things have been a bit over TT at times. But um, from Daniel, it was a, a great drive. I thought his race was ruined with his penalty. So uh, really wanted to speak to him after he was so down after Austin. To, yeah. to kind of talk to him about turning it around. So you can all hear that on Wednesday. Uh, Christian Horner, as you'd expect, very happy. But he, he talked about it being the most special Red Bull season ever with this level of performance. Don't know about you guys, but I mean, it, it's hard to argue against it. Yeah. There's a chance for the first time they can finish 1-2 sure. one, one, in the two. Drivers' yeah. Championship. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what else, Chris? We got about, let's see, we got about a minute left. Any any other final thoughts? So we've got, we've got a few... Um, decisions have come in after some summons i haven't seen one from uh, nicholas latifi yet but both latifi and magnuson were summoned for driving too slowly on the reconnaissance laps to the grid magnuson's got away with no further action uh, i'm sure we've touched on it as well though talking of penalties pierre gasly with his penalty today for forcing stroll off track and getting advantage you got another penalty point he now has 10 penalty points <gasps> oh. and they will last until may so basically one more incident with another driver that he's at fault for and he's going to get a race ban wow so there's still yep. things at stake in these final two races. And that could change the constructors dramatically against uh, Haas. Yeah. yeah, you imagine it would have to be DeVries or Lawson that would have to go in there. So, um, yeah, yeah, go Liam! Be... <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just chatted to him as well. And, um, yeah, he's, he's still in AlphaTauri gear. So maybe he's just hoping for that chance. <laughs> All righty, you American Express holders, go check it out. Las Vegas tickets go on sale Tuesday for American Express holders. Oh, that's Ooh, right. Good call. There you go. All right, we're we out of time. time for... We got, we got, Are 10, we, out? we got, we got 10 seconds. What do you got, Bob? Uh, last year's result, top three, all the same, same by nearly identical interviews. Ooh, that is uh, a good uh, one. Intervals. Yeah. All right. Thanks wow. everybody for tuning in. Fifth and sixth last year too. Thanks. Get thanks, out. Bob. All right. Thanks everybody. <laughs> Ryan Sheehan, thank you for coming in. Yes. Thanks thank you. Good luck. Right. In New Zealand. Talk to you next week. Travel safe, y'all.